in 2020, more than 100,000 women of color went missing. At least four black women and girls were murdered per day in the United States. Most of those cases are still unsolved. These are their stories. Hi listeners, I'm your host, LB. I bet if I ask you to say the first thing that comes to mind when I give you a specific place in time, you may not be able to recall exactly what you were doing. But if I asked you what comes to mind when you think of November 2015, most of you would immediately think of the holidays, more specifically Thanksgiving. You're planning your menu for Turkey Day, or maybe you're mapping out what stores to hit the day after Thanksgiving to kick off your Christmas shopping. But for one family in Sunrise, Florida, they weren't mapping out which stores to hit for holiday shopping. They were actually mapping out their loved one's last known location. Take this journey with me as I tell you the story of Nancy Bromain. Originally from New York, Jerry Brome would move his family south to sunny Florida. And there, he would raise his four children, Jonathan, Michael, Laura, and Nancy. Nancy Brome would grow up like any one of us. She would have her ups and downs. She would have relationships, some good, some bad, and some worse. By the time Nancy was in her late 20s, she had been in an on-again, off-again relationship with her much older boyfriend, Julio Jesus Cruz, who everyone calls Jay. By 2010, she and Jay, well, they were off again, and he was out of the picture, and it appeared for good this time, because in 2011, she met and married John Alicia. There's not much to tell during this time. I mean, eventually Nancy and John would become estranged. And in November 2015, Jay shows up. And it's as if they were never apart. And they pick up right where they left off. Mere days after reconnecting with Jay, on November 5th, 2015, Nancy updates her relationship status on Facebook to in a relationship. She doesn't identify him by name, but Nancy's family confirms that the relationship status, it's referring to Jay. And just a few hours later, Nancy would again make another big announcement online when she posts the message that she is leaving Sunrise, Florida and moving to Bakersfield, California. Her cousin Jacqueline would question Nancy and ask her if the post was really true. You see, Nancy and her father Jerry, they're really close. In fact, she was living with her father when she left home heading for California. So it was uncharacteristic of her to make such a big move alone, much less so far away from her dad. But Nancy assured her cousin that she was in love and that she would leave everything in God's hands. On November 12th, 
Nancy says goodbye to her family and she and Jay begin their journey west. Now, Jay is a long haul truck driver for Southern Coast Carriers. So this trip is as much business as it is personal. So he'll be making stops along the way. Nancy did not have a cell phone of her own. So the only way to stay in touch with her family was through Jay's phone. And on November 17th, 2015, Nancy would call her sister Laura and tell her she was in distress and that she wanted to come home. I'm not exactly sure how the call ends, but Laura informs her dad and Jerry calls Jay's phone and says, listen, drop her off at the airport and I'll buy her a plane ticket. Jerry hears his daughter in the background say, well, what do you think? And then the line goes dead. Put a feather in this dropped call because we're not done with this just yet. Jerry would again call back and when Jay answers the phone, Jerry has to speak with his daughter, but Jay says that she's asleep. Yeah. That would be the last time that Jerry would hear his daughter's voice. Well, none of this is sitting right with younger sister Laura. She keeps calling Jay and then she starts calling his employer to demand that someone tell her something. Finally, she gets Jay on the phone on November 22nd and demands to speak to her sister. And what he says shakes her to her core. Because when Laura demands to speak with Nancy, Jay finally admits that she's missing. According to Jay, they arrive in El Central California on November 19th. Now, El Centro is at the southernmost tip of California. And if you drive maybe another 16 miles, you'll cross over the Mexican border. Well, Jay has deliveries to make on the morning of November 20th. So he gives Nancy $40 and he drops her off at a shopping center and tells her to go shopping, grab a few groceries, and that he would be back in two hours to pick her up. Jay says, as promised, he returned two hours later at approximately 11.45 a.m. And he arrives to the same spot where he dropped Nancy off, but he says that Nancy was MIA. Now deeply concerned, since they have not spoken to her in days, the Brome family reports Nancy missing. Now, if you have a screw face right now because the math ain't mathin', you're absolutely right. Because if we believe Jay's story, Nancy is missing for two days before he informs her family of this. The family tells El Centro Police that while Nancy might go one or two days without talking to them, she would never go more than that and would always reach out to someone in the family. 
I think hearing the no daily contact made police initially think that there was no foul play. And they told the family as much that she would contact them when she was good and ready. But ultimately, El Centro police began canvassing the area where Nancy was dropped off. They're talking to local business owners and posting flyers, but no one remembers seeing Nancy on the day in question. They run back security cameras in and around the shopping center, and there is no sign of Nancy being dropped off where Jay said he left her, or anywhere in that shopping center for that matter. You're on the edge of your seat right now because you want to know how does Jay explain this blatant lie that he's told about dropping her off when digital proof clearly shows that he's lying? Oh, well, you can sit back in your seat now because it's easy. He doesn't answer that question. He merely offers up a new theory that he believes Nancy fled to Mexico. After that, Jay is super uncooperative. To the point, he was threatening every law enforcement agency between California and Florida with a lawsuit if they even mention Nancy's disappearance to him. Now, I'm not sure what multiverse Jay lives in because the last time I checked, black and brown people tend to get accidentally shot when saying no to law enforcement but maybe that's just in the universe that I live in but it doesn't matter because Nancy's family isn't buying the fleeing to Mexico story at all in fact even though the El Centro police are leading the investigation because it was reportedly the last place that she was seen they don't think Nancy ever even made it to California. Remember that dropped call we talked about earlier when Nancy's father offered to buy her a plane ticket and then the line went dead? Well, that was November 17th, two days before they would supposedly arrive in California. But here's the thing that's going to make you clutch your pearls. You see, after the quote-unquote dropped call, Jay deviates from his driving route and was MIA himself for 12 hours. When he's finally back on his route to his next destination, he's alone and he's missing a tooth. Don't expect me to give you any more than that. I mean, my man goes dark for 12 hours and resurfaces with one less tooth than he had before. He doesn't explain this to law enforcement either because, again, different multiverse. While he may not be talking to authorities, he sure has no problem chatting up people inside his inner circle. This woman that Jay swore would someday be his wife, he's now openly admitting 
that Nancy was worthless and got what she deserved. Now, this is when I need real cops to act like TV cops and bust down his door to ask him what exactly did she deserve. Oh yeah, the truck. The truck has been in the back of your mind too, right? I mean, long haul truckers tend to have a sleeper cab in their trucks and they can semi live in this space during their drives. But like me, you don't care about the features of the truck. You just want to know if law enforcement searched it. And the answer is, of course they did. Granted, it was six weeks later, and surprise, surprise, when it's finally searched, they don't find any signs of foul play. I need to call an audible here because I see this term foul play a lot when I'm investigating cases and it is used at nearly the start of every missing case that is reported. So I had to veer away from my research to find out the criteria for foul play. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, foul play is a criminal act that results in serious damage or injury, especially murder. Yeah, I know, but law enforcement dummies it down even further and they define it as do not suspect the person was murdered. Now, this feels like the perfect example of the cart before the horse, if you ask me. In this definition, you won't know that there has been foul play until you actually find the victim, right? In my mind, the circumstances under which someone who has an active presence with their family or through their social media accounts and then abruptly stops all communication or a person who has a regular routine and then that routine breaks for no reason, that to me is foul play. Something or someone has caused them to break from their life habits and that should be an immediate cause for concern. And I get it, even my definition is vague and could describe me when the Dallas Cowboys lose a game. I mean, I refuse to talk to anyone for at least two days afterwards but again, that's a pattern too. And my family and friends know this. So maybe we need to change the definition of foul play or we need to change the name. Because to me, no foul play allows law enforcement to lay back in an investigation until dot, dot, dot. I'm off my soapbox about this, but when season one of The Cost of Color ends next week, we'll dive into this a little more. That's where Nancy's case is. I mean, to be honest, her case stalled before it ever truly got started. There's been no activity on her bank accounts, and there is little 
and I mean very little, about Nancy's disappearance online. I could not find one single news broadcast about the search for her. Although the case resides in California, the police need to work with every agency from Florida to California in order to try and find out what happened to Nancy. So if you don't live in California or Florida and you're listening to this right now, that's even better. Maybe you saw something in Texas or Colorado or somewhere else that may be of help to this case. Nancy's case was the most limited in information that I've encountered so far. And that says a lot considering why this show was born to begin with. So I want to leave you with all of the details that I know. Nancy was 37 years old when she went missing. And she is now 45 years old. She's 5'2 and approximately 150 to 165 pounds with brown hair and hazel eyes. She has several distinct tattoos, which include a small cross on her hand, a heart and dagger behind her ear, and an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe on her left leg. You can look at the entire list of tattoos and her full description on our website at thecostofcolor.com. Jay is 13 years Nancy's senior, so at the time of her disappearance, he was 50 years old, and he's now 58 years old. It's unclear of Jay's exact location. Some reports state he himself never made it to California during that trip in 2015. But others state that he's in New York or maybe even Pennsylvania. His real name is Julio Jesus Cruz. And the truck used in his trip with Nancy was an orange 18-wheeler truck with the Florida license plate number F as in Frank, 3171P as in Paul. When Jay dropped Nancy off at the 500 block of Imperial Avenue in El Centro, California, she was wearing a black and white shirt and a pair of blue jeans. The last known sighting of Nancy would be a receiver at one of Jay's delivery stops in Chatsworth, Georgia. And she confirms that on November 15th, 2015, Nancy was with Jay. The last known conversation was with her family on November 17th, 2015 when she told them she wanted to come home and then she would vanish into thin air. Nancy had a favorite quote and it was this. To those who have helped me, I am forever grateful. To those I have helped, I wish I could have done more. And to the ones I was unable to help, Please have understanding. I think this quote 
sums up Nancy perfectly. While she thanks all the people who have helped her throughout her life, her focus is on the help that she has and has not provided for others, always willing to do what she could for someone else, never even realizing that her mere presence, the light shining from within her, brought joy and happiness to all that knew her. I know that anyone that asks Jay about Nancy is subjected to his wrath because he gets very defensive and even threatens physical violence. And that's all the more reason why you should come forward. You may not have been a witness to what he did, but you are most certainly a witness to what he has said that he did. And that could be what the police need to pull Jay back into the real world and start answering some very tough questions. The Bromay family needs our help. So let's do all that we can to help them find Nancy and bring to justice anyone who has caused her to be away from her family for so long. If you have any information about this case, please call Detective Luis Hernandez of the El Centro Police Department at 760-337-4861. There is just one episode left of The Cost of Color, but don't worry, we will return in 2024. Until then, continue to visit our website, thecostofcolor.com for updates. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X. Thank you listeners for all of your love and your support. Thank you family and friends for all of your advice, even for marketing and promotion for me. See you next season on The Cost of Color. For more information about this case, visit us at thecostofcolor.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have information about this case and you are uncomfortable talking to the authorities, then talk to me. You don't know me, but my word is my bond and you will remain anonymous. You have my word that by contacting me, you have a safe and judge-free zone to tell me what you know. Email me at coldcases at thecostofcolor.com. The Cost of Color is a 1602 production.